Happy New Year, all. Okay, so I guess it's not all that happy, eh? <laughs> We're just getting like the first week in. Well, it's good to have you here. And uh, if you haven't figured it out, we're doing something a little different today. It's obviously soul in the round. And if you've never experienced the round, you're in for a bit of a treat. Um, you got to sit back. You got to relax. You have to take it all in. I do have a disclaimer. As soon as I use the words uh, participate in prayer, some people actually start to break out in a very cold sweat. And uh, I want to assure you that you don't need to worry about that. Um, you're not going to be forced to do anything that you are uncomfortable with. And if that means you just want to sit back and watch and take it all in, we are incredibly good with that. And so maybe uh, uh, a few of you just sort of need a few moments now to unwind and to get your, your um, compass reorientated as we start this new year. This is the place for that. This is the reason why we've decided for the next couple of weeks that we're doing this uh, focus. Uh, the rest of you, um, maybe this is your home. I want to just encourage you to step out and to participate and to be comfortable in the whole experience today. So um, what we've noticed here at Soul is that there are many people who are searching for a meaningful encounter with God. And many times we miss it because we don't take the time. We don't take the time to stop, uh, to, to talk. Uh, we're constantly moving, we're constantly going from program to program, to work, to school. And I think as a church community at times, we just got to sit back and relax. We just got to stop. We got to talk. We just have to listen to him. And that's the purpose of what we're going to do uh, today. Um, I sort of laid out two purposes when, when putting this together. And, and I think first and foremost, uh, this Sunday morning, what we want to do is we want to ask God to reveal himself in a way that would... Um, awaken and refresh us spiritually. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, that, that's absolutely fantastic. That should be our number one purpose and goal. The second one is the, the results of today and the next week and the weeks to come, we would have a very strong sense of a spiritual direction for our church, Soul Sanctuary, and, uh, and how we're moving to impact our world, but also for us to have a very strong direction. And so if you can join us uh, tomorrow, uh, Monday right through Friday, we're going to open the doors at uh, 6.30. If you can come in for even a half hour prayer before you're on your way to work, you can do that. But we're just going to meet in the atrium area, and we're just going to take some time together starting this week, just kicking off this year. Uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you haven't downloaded the guide every day, or you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, every day we just send out what the theme is that we're praying for, that we were praying for you. And uh, we just want you to develop in your faith, that, that our faith is real. Our faith is not something that we just do on Sunday, but it's something that we live out our entire lives. And so I want to emphasize that we're all in this together as a spiritual community. What we're trying to do to, is not just for us, but we're in it together. You can see we are surrounded is... Uh, uh, the theme that we're working on. It's not just something you observe. This is, this is not like just watching television, but you actually get to participate. The lights are down, and yet you can sort of see each other across the room. Uh, we do that purposefully, and, and I know it makes us feel a little, hey, that's kind of weird. Um, well, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about sex, and we won't be doing it around because that will be really weird. And, uh, but this is where we're at today. 
Uh, so we want to encourage you to put your hands together. We want to encourage you to sing out loud. We want to even encourage you, if you feel comfortable, to raise your hands. It, it, today is about real people reaching out to the God of the universe. It's about encouraging one another. You know, because how many of us just need encouragement? You know, the world is kind of crazy and it's turned upside down. We just need to be encouraged. This is the place to find that. Uh, and it's important to realize that the body, the soul, the physical, the spiritual, um, uh, it, all works together. We talk about prayer postures. I've done that a number of times and that the way that we approach God in prayer with our posture actually has a profound effect on, a, on us and our bodies actually tell us a whole lot about how, we're, how uh, we are praying and how we're worshiping. And not only does our outward posture reflect an inward state, it also helps us uh, nurture an inner attitude. So, you know, the simple expression of raising of our hands or uh, kneeling, um, standing. This is all reflection. It all goes hand in hand. Uh, the concept of the body of being involved in both worship and prayer is an ancient practice. It's documented throughout scripture. There's dancing, there's clapping of hands, there's singing, there's shouting, there's jumping, there's kneeling, there's, there's lying prost, uh, prostrate. Uh, pro yes, I got it. Uh, from the beginning of time until the day, there's a variety of expressions of, of both the Jewish and Christian uh, spirituality around the world. And, and this faith that we have in God is lived out. It's lived out through our human body. It's not just something that's just intellectual or something that is just emotional. We live this out. Our faith is there. It's, it manifests itself in numerous ways. And uh, a physical faith is an integrated faith, uh, which honors the, both the body and the soul. Please start. So we're going to be entering into uh, corporate worship and uh, prayer. Do you want to just start the song Cornerstone, please? Do we have sound? <laughs> yeah, thank you. And uh, corporate worship and prayer teaches us that God, uh, God's people will become what they are, which should be united in Christ. So as we learn to speak to the Lord together and... and uh, uh, speaking together trains the desires of our heart to be united in faith, united in hope, united in love. That's what the church is about. This corporate worship and, and prayer uh, requires us as a church to agree together, um, to be without division, uh, to be of the same mind and no judgment. Um, it's one way that the church stands firm in one spirit. Uh, with one mind, it strives side by side for the faith. We work together, you know, Philippians 1.27. So participating in corporate worship and prayer helps us to discover that our lives as followers of Christ are actually tied up together with the person sitting on your right and the person sitting on your left. Now, Jesus is our cornerstone. Our faith is built on him. And what I'd like us to do right now, as the band's just about to lead us in this song, is just to reaffirm our faith in song. Can you do that? So follow along with the band, and let's just sing. Sweetest friend, but hold. 
to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale My anger holds within the My anger holds within the Christ alone, time to prepare our hearts uh, just like the instruments tune their uh, the musicians tune their instruments um, we got to tune our hearts and I want us to tune our hearts actually just before we get into uh, some time of prayer now this is not your standard church service no this is what we call soul in the round this is a time of encouragement of being built up but of you connecting with God in a very simplistic and easy way um, we shy, we tend to shy away from experience, especially when it comes to being in church. And yet, our God is a God of an experience. And we are always so afraid of, oh, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to let God move, or, you know, God only works in a certain way, and we put him in a certain box. And yet, in reality, we, we, we can't really do that. And so, I, I, we want our time to be pleasing to God, but in the same breath, if we are out of tune, so to speak, or as I put, if we have unconfessed sin, then this whole concert that we're trying to do here, so to speak, is not going to sound good to God. And so we got to alter our lives in order to alter our hearts, as somebody once said. It's impossible to live one way and to pray another. And so uh, this morning, I think what we want to do is remember that you know, this is the choir and the choir directors up here. We, you are the choir and God is our audience. And uh, we are sinful people, and that's why I think we need to take time uh, uh, to examine ourselves before God. Uh, examine those attitudes that aren't pleasing to him, and this is what we do privately and quietly. It's, confession is an act of worship. You know, we confess our sins out of uh, reverence for God so that he would continue to claim more and more of our lives. Uh, confession is, is worship, when you think about it, that actually frees us. 
Uh, Charles Stanley, in his book, he's listening to God, he says, oftentimes our Lord wants us to sit before him in quietness. He doesn't want us to do all the talking, as Isaiah 30, 15 states, and quiet and confidence will be your strength. To have God speak to our hearts is a majestic experience. It's, it's an experience that people may miss if they monopolize the conversation and never pause uh, to hear God's responses, because how can God speak to us if we never take the time to listen? And I think l- quietness is essential to listening. And if we're too busy to listen, we won't hear. And it takes time and quietness to prepare our hearts to listen to God's voice. And God's voice is still, it's quiet, it's uh, sometimes easily buried under the clamor uh, of the world around us. So this morning, just listen to what scripture says here. Reading from Psalm 62, it says, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I'll never be shaken. Find rest, my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend upon God. He is my mighty rock and my refuge. How many of us need that to kick off this year? Trust in him at all times. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And that's a selah, which means just pause and think about this. Let's just take some quiet time in the recesses of our heart. God, for all the hurtful things that we've said to people that we love and care about, I just ask that you would forgive us. For all those things that we should have said but didn't, would you forgive us? For ignoring the lonely, for changing ourselves just to be accepted. For going around uh, along with the crowd uh, and listening maybe to those who don't have our best interests at heart, God, just forgive us. Forgive us for ignoring you and for asking for worthless things, for wanting what we don't need and for taking what we don't want. taking for granted all the good gifts that you've blessed us with, God. Our list can just go on and on. But you are the God of second chances. We rely on the forgiveness and the grace promised to us by Jesus Christ, your Son. So may we come to uh, this place this morning as new creations. May we sit with one another as forgiven people, for we know that if we confess 
our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness.
So a young guy showed up a little early for his date. When his girlfriend came through the door and uh, her hair was kind of like teased in a hundred thousand different directions, and it was a bit of an awkward situation. She wasn't prepared to him, so, you know, in a quick response, she just looked at him and said, so what do you think of my hair? And the boy hesitated and looks at her and goes, well, it looks like it's about to be something wonderful. Kid was quick. I think the, the point of the story really is as believers, we need to see beyond the mess that people are in. Um, and what we can become in Christ. And this is where the, the, the practice of affirmation comes in. To affirm somebody is to declare something positively or firmly about them, to them, to support them, to uphold them, to uphold the validity of the person and, and to confirm them. And that's what it's about. And, and, and sometimes we... we we, we shy away from affirmation of people because we don't want them to get a big head, right? We want to keep them subservient. And in our own insecurities, many times we prefer to put people down than to really raise them up. And, and yet the affirmation, the, this, the, the word affirm comes from this root word, Latin word which means to strengthen. So as believers, as Christians, and with love as our motivator, we should be used of God to strengthen our brothers and sisters in Christ. You with me? Okay, thank you. At least my wife is. That's fantastic. Jesus doesn't look at our imperfections. He looks at our potentials. And uh, we, in our culture, I think we need to be in the habit of doing the same because I actually think we fail miserably as this, especially as Canadians. You know, after all, it is God that works in us and will do his good pleasure through us. So therefore, there is much to the truth of this phrase that says, you know, don't judge me. God is not through with me yet. God is not through with you. Look at the person next to you and say, look at God, you're a piece of work and God is not through with you yet. You know, we, we don't need to be critical, do we? We, we just need to be Christ-like. And uh, we, we need to see people's potential and not imperfections. And sometimes we get so hung up on the imperfection. The Apostle Paul gives us the reason for this in Philippians 1.6. He says, I am confident of this very thing, that he who has began a good work in you, Mandy, yes, see, mine says Mandy right there, will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So we want to put affirmation of of who we are in a song this today and this song may be new to most of you but the truth is so affirming are you with me okay so as we lead this song you need to feel free to jump in and declare this and this is a simple de declaration that you are a child of god can you let that sit for a second you are a child of God. Let it sit. Go ahead, Jess. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance. From my enemies Till all my fears are gone I'm 
So what are you thankful for? This is audience participation time. You can actually yell back at the preacher. Your family, awesome. What's that? Grandchildren, yes, grandchildren. Bingo. Sorry? Life. Everybody heard that one, yeah. Minus seven, not minus 35, but we're Canadian, we're Winnipeg, right? We're tough. Victoria, it's my, like plus two. Oh, it's so cold. Oh, like really. What else? What are you thankful for? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. What else? Sorry? Good health. What else? My wife. Your wife. That score. All right, what else? Healing. Healing. What else? Grace. Grace. Friends. Friends. You. Sorry? You. Oh, okay, thank you. What else? What are you thankful for? Your job. What else? What, if, what, do, what do we take for granted? Freedom. Roof over our heads. Thank you. First world problems, right? We have a roof over our head. Even our cars have roofs, right? Our cars as well. What was that? My car that starts at minus 37. What else are we thankful for? Volunteers. The beauty of the earth. God's word. What else are we thankful for? Body of Christ. Breath? I can breathe, yes. What else? Sorry? Education. Your interpreter. By the way, which is always online too. So if you have friends who are hearing impaired and they want to watch, you tell them just to go online and they can watch it. That's fabulous. Gesundheit. Doctors, we're very thankful for doctors. And vitamin C and Kleenex. <laughs> right? We have to be. We take it all in echinacea, whatever your thing is. I have no clue. What else are you thankful for? Jesus. We got so much to be thankful for, right? But in the same breath, uh, we have a community of people who are walking with a number of heavy loads. And we want to be able to lift them up. We want to be able to lift you up with our prayer. And, and uh, so here's another one. What are your prayer requests? Healing. What else? Wise words. What else? Finding a job after you graduate. Courage to share your faith. What else? So, sorry? Wisdom in the government. What else? No other prayer requests? Healthy baby. What else? Patience. What else? Salvation for loved ones. What else? Discipline. What else? That we can learn through our struggles. 
Jesus invested eternal meaning into ordinary acts of healing. When we read the scriptures, we see that. He laid his hands on people. He even uses spit to heal a blind man. He knelt at the feet of his disciples. He washed their feet. He touched people. He touched the untouchables. Uh, you know, when we look at Jesus, we see that in all moments uh, of physicality, it reveals to us that God is really present in the mundane, and we need to remember that. The physical acts of our own lives, God and the physical world interacts together in harmony, and sometimes we forget that. Christians have always lived a, a, a faith of the body, for the body and uh, uh, for the body and in the body. That this is how we live our faith. So involving our body in worship, or evolve, involving our body in service, like volunteer, whatever it may be, prayer. It's more than just an empty ritual or a mundane necessity. There's more to it. Engaging the body in acts of being present with God, including certain ceremonial practices, open us up to God in a new way. That's one of the reasons why when we do communion, which we'll do next week, that we have you walk to the table. Uh, it, it engages us in what we're about to do. People of faith in ancient times understood that such physical acts and practices uh, as rest, taking a Sabbath, as worship, as uh, dietary restrictions, even such as fasting, uh, mandate, you know, the way they mandated the fabric and their clothing in the Old Testament was a great value to their faith in life. It was just the way it was. They, their, their, their physical and their spiritual were, were very much connected. And again, in any church today, physical practice such as taking communion and singing and kneeling or bowing during prayer are common acts with rich spiritual meaning. And physical prayer and worship are so deeply embedded in the fabric of the Christian faith that we can easily miss their significance. And I just don't want you to, to do that this, this year in 2018. Because many of us, we're, we're used to closing our eyes in prayer. You know, we close our eyes, we bow our heads. We're almost taught, if you grew up in a Christian family, you're taught that from the very beginning, right? Um, but it, just, it wasn't just a, a custom that all of a sudden... Uh, uh, just popped out of nowhere. The, the whole purpose of closing your eyes and bowing your head was uh, a way of people to focus on God. That's how they would focus. And by those actions, people of prayer show that their, their immediate surroundings weren't as important as, as God. Now, again, as kids, I remember being told, about, you know, close your eyes, bow your head at supper time, but you're always looking and making sure that nobody else, your brother doesn't steal food before you. But the idea was to, to shut yourself in and to focus on the creator and the giver of life. Other believers would come together, they would fold their hands in prayer. You know, why do we do that? It seems so weird to do stuff like that. But it was a statement that they would not hold anything else when they were praying. That God had their undivided attention. And it was a physical way of saying, God, you are the only thing I hold on to. That's why we hold our hands in prayer. Others would pray with their eyes open and their heads up, looking up towards the sky and, you know, with a posture of hands wide open too. And that indicated their willingness to accept all that God had made and, and it would pour onto them. So in the first century, it was common to pray even with your face right down uh, and your knees pulled close to your chest with your forehead touching the ground, just getting right onto the floor. Why? Because that was one of the most humble positions possible as you would approach your heavenly father. Another one was the practice of laying on of hands in prayer. And this is where I want to go right now. Again, if you're not comfortable with this, that's okay. Just relax. Just breathe deep. Don't worry about it. Nothing freaky is going to happen to you. 
But I want you all to stand with me. Now, turn around and give about three people a high five. <laughs> okay, now that you've done that, give another different three people a high five. Okay, now stay standing with me, because that, that wasn't too hard, was it? Actually feels good. We've, we've touched each other in some way, shape, or form. So prayer is not just a matter of words. It's, it's the integration of all life through the body. And uh, the use of the body in prayer is not just this long-held practice. It is a deepening way to develop our prayer life, because all creation is the work of God, and all creation is connected. And what I find comforting is that God, it was God who said, it's not good, and you've heard me say this before, it's not good for men to be alone. And that reassures me that no matter where I am or how I feel, there are people in my life that God has put there to support me in numerous ways. Is it possible that this morning God has put the person on your right or on the left to support you for what you're walking through right now? Now, there are times, I have to be honest, that I wish that God was right here in front of me. I wish that God had skin on, that I could actually see him and touch him. But yet, in some ways, he is. He has placed his ambassadors around me, right? And these ambassadors come alongside of us in our times of need, in our times of weakness, in our times of joy and celebration, in our times of sorrow, and they're called brothers and sisters. And so Paul writes to the church in Ephesians, he says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Bear, put up with, carry one another. How? With love. In Galatians, he writes again, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So this morning, this is what we're going to do. Now, just hear me out and don't get all freaked out because there's nothing to be freaked about. We're going to lay hands on one another as a symbol of connectedness and a reminder that we're not on this journey alone. So you're all standing, right? Thank you. Well, at least one person is good because the rest of you are going to be surprised. If your load is heavy, if your heart hurts, if your request is urgent, I want to invite you to sit down. And what will happen just before anybody moves, by sitting down, what you're saying is, I just can't, I just need help. Will you pray for me? And what will happen, the rest of us who remain standing, We'll be able just to turn around in our seats, maybe to the person next to us, in front of us, behind us. Maybe you see somebody across the room that sits down and you know what they're walking through and going through. This is the point of time where you're invited to turn around and to simply place a hand on their shoulder. You don't need to know what's going on in their life. You don't need to know what's going on. You just know that they're saying, can you bear my burden with me? And then by laying on of hands, we're showing a state of not only support, but I'm just going to ask you in the quietness of your own heart just to begin to pray for them just a little bit. And maybe your word of prayer to them will be, God, just answer their request to you. So 
If your load is heavy, if your heart's hurt, if your request is urgent, please sit down. And there's people sitting down all over the room, and this is where it's okay to take a look. Now, for some of us, we're going, I'm not really comfortable with that. That's great. Just stand where you are. It's okay. It's cool. Nobody really is going to get bent out of shape. For the rest of us, you have seen people sit down. This is your chance now to move. And uh, place your hands on their shoulders and just begin to pray with them. So, Father, I just thank you for the person on my right. I thank you for the person on my left. I thank you for the person in front of me and behind me. I thank you that you have brought people into our lives today. And so right now, I just pray a blessing on on those who are sitting. And I pray, not just a blessing, but I ask that they will sense your presence on them in a very powerful way. As brothers and sisters, that we who are standing and, and lay hands on them are supporting them in prayer. And Father, there are those days where we hurt inside and that our faith is weak. And maybe it's today for some. They just don't have the strength to approach you. They don't have the strength to raise their hands. They don't have the strength to utter a prayer. So we shall do that for them. And for those, Lord, who hide their faces behind masks so that people won't see their hurt, just give them the courage they need. Give us the courage to remove the masks. Give us the ability to be honest and transparent with those that you have placed in our lives. And as a church community, as brothers and sisters, may we learn, because it is difficult, but may we learn to carry each other's burdens with joy, with love, and with tenderness. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stay standing. I want to take this a little step further. James chapter 5, we read, If anybody is in trouble, he should pray. Is anybody happy? Let him sing songs of praise. If any one of you is sick, they should call on the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed because the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So in this passage of scripture, James is actually referring to somebody who is incapacitated physically. And so in scripture, oil was both a medicine and a symbol of the spirit of God. So oil represents both the medical and the the spiritual spheres of life and as Christians I don't believe we should separate the physical and the spiritual because Jesus Christ is Lord over the body and the spirit and the people in the church are not alone and as members uh, uh, of Christ's body we should be able to count on each other for support and for prayer especially those of us who are sick and suffering now <coughs> excuse me now, again, the passage is clear. It says that the elders need to respond when, when they're called upon to pray uh, for the needs of all its members. And then it says that the prayer offered in faith um, is interesting because it doesn't refer to the, prayer, the faith of the sick person. It actually it refers to the faith of the people praying. 
So God heals, let's say that first, faith doesn't, but God does, and all prayers are subject to God's will, but our prayers are part of God's healing process. And so there's a sense of obedience. The obedience of the person who's sick to say and acknowledge before God and before others, I need prayer. And they move in that direction and they call on the elders. Then there's the other aspect of the elders who take oil, which is basically just a little thing. It's not a magic anything else. It's just being obedient to what the Holy Spirit does and what Scripture says. And, and, and we anoint you. We anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some people touch. Some people make a cross, a sign of the cross. Again, the key aspect is us being faithful to what James has written to the church. And so we have our prayer team that's going to come, and they're going to just stand around us here. And as they do that, we're going to invite those who just need a physical touch, a spiritual touch from God. You need to be anointed with oil, according to James, to come forward and allow us to pray healing over you. And maybe there's somebody that you know that can't be here and you want to stand in proxy. So what you do is you walk up to the person, you say, hi, my name is and you tell them your request. I'm praying for healing for myself. This is what's going on. Be specific as you feel comfortable so that they can pray specifically for you. If you're standing in proxy for somebody, then say, yeah, you know, my name's Jerry, but I'm here because, you know, so-and-so is not here, and I want to stand in proxy for them. Let's pray for them together, shall we? So the floor is open. If you want us to pray for you, just begin to move forward, move to somebody at the station and allow us to do so. The rest of us, you can sit back and worship with the team here in this song. Go ahead, Jess. There's no darkness in your eyes. There's no question in your mind, God Almighty.
So have 
close this morning off, why don't you stand with us? We're going to sing off with this one song, and Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I trust that you have peace when you leave this morning, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether it in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's just affirm our love to Jesus as we sing this song together, and then I'll close with a blessing. Take it away, Jess.
something in their heart would come alive in some special and significant way just to make a difference. Lord, I pray that the greatest outcome of Soul Sanctuary's ministry will not just be refuge, repair, rejuvenation, but also the renewing, the restoring, and the rebuilding in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you that no matter where we've been, what we have done, that you're willing to accept us and that your forgiveness and mercy is extended to us and that whatever mess that we have made of our lives in the past, that God, you are inviting us into a new amazing work. We are no longer slaves. So today we ask for more, more than just a blessing, but we ask for your guidance and direction for your church called Soul Sanctuary. So stir in our hearts and in the areas and the giftings that you have given us so that we will not just see this place flourish, but we would see life transformation in the lives of many people, not only in this city, but also in the surrounding area. God, give us a glimpse or a vision of your kingdom coming and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we leave this place, may the lips that have sung your praises always speak the truth in love. And may the ears that have heard your word be shut to what is evil. And may these feet that have brought us to this house of prayer always walk in your ways. And so in ancient time, the one who blessed extended his hands for a blessing. Those received a blessing did likewise. If you want a blessing before you go this morning, just put your hands up and here it is. So sanctuary, we came in weakness, now go in strength. We came in alone, so now go together. We came in brokenness, now go in wholeness. 
we came in with our questions now go knowing Christ is the answer we came empty-handed now may you leave with your hearts filled we came defeated lost and full of selfishness and sin now leave knowing you're forgiven and found victory in Christ and that you are no longer slaves we go because he sends us we go because he fills us and we go because he goes with us now soul sanctuary go and be the church be blessed amen